Hello and welcome to another episode of the Needle Naturopath podcast. Today I'm recording an episode about iron absorption. So we all know iron is my favorite, favorite, favorite topic to discuss. But this one in particular is a question I'm asked all the time over on Instagram. Why isn't my ferritin coming up? I'm supplementing. I'm taking iron but my levels are not shifting. Now, there is clearly seven reasons why this can happen. So, and these are the most common reasons. There could be very nuanced, rare reasons out there, but I'm going to be going over the seven that is the most common that is going to be the most likely for you. All right, so number one, If your ferritin isn't coming up and you are supplementing, the number one reason is because the form of iron you are taking is crap. (laughs) Putting it bluntly, if you are on any chemist brands that has ferrous fumarate or ferrous sulfate as the form of iron, there's your answer. The type of iron matters so very much to your absorption. So some are really poorly absorbed, like ferrous sulfate, meaning your gut cannot take as much iron through the gut wall into your bloodstream to then move into the liver and bring up your iron levels within your liver. And some are very highly absorbed, like iron by glycinate. So if you're taking something like ferrous sulfate, and your iron levels aren't coming up, your ferritin levels, I should say, that needs to change immediately because I see this all the time. So many women I speak to have been told they were iron deficient by their GP, grabbed the GP's recommendation at the chemist. It's normally, I'm not going to name names, but it's normally one of two brands at the chemist. And then months later have found their iron ferritin levels sitting exactly where they previously were, despite diligently supplementing daily for months and months and months and months. So number one, the form of iron you're taking isn't any good. It has a poor absorption rate. So your body doesn't yield much from it. Therefore, it doesn't have a hope in hell of bringing up your iron levels. The next reason, number two, is you are taking your iron supplement with other products that are hindering absorption. Now, Iron absorption within the gut is very particular. Iron doesn't like a few things. It doesn't absorb well with the following. High dose calcium. So if you are taking your iron with a calcium supplement or with a high sort of amount of dairy at the same, within that same hour of taking your iron supplement, there's something that needs to change. You need to be taking the calcium and dairy away. Iron also doesn't absorb well with zinc. So think about what are you taking your zinc with? Uh, Sorry, what are you taking your iron with? Is there any supplements that you are taking at the same time as your iron supplement that contains zinc? Because so many people take all of their supplements at once, especially pregnant women, especially those that have morning sickness, want to get it all over and done with in the one hit, which I completely appreciate. However, If you are taking your iron with a prenatal that contains zinc or an immune booster because they contain zinc or some sort of supplement for gut health, skin health, they all often contain zinc. So my best advice is to be taking your iron supplement on its own 
without any other supplement because then you're not going to run the risk of having zinc or calcium in that mix. The next few things that iron doesn't absorb well with is caffeine and tannins found in like black teas. So again, we do not want to be having our iron in the morning with our morning coffee. And this is something that so many people do because we all tend to have the greatest amount of compliance in the morning for doing all of our health things, right? So you sort of, you wake up, you might exercise, you might eat a really great breakfast, and then you take all of your supplements at once, and then you're done for the day. The most common time to take supplements is in the morning, but unfortunately, that's the highest time of problems I should say that the greatest likelihood of having your iron with something that's going to be problematic because we often have dairy. Well, a lot of people have dairy at the breakfast time. They'll have other supplements at breakfast time that could contain zinc and they'll almost always have a coffee or a tea. So best to be taking your iron one hour away from all the things I just mentioned. Having iron first thing as soon as you wake up is the best time However, a lot of people, including myself, get really nauseous from taking any form of iron on an empty stomach. So it doesn't matter the form necessarily. It's just taking supplements on a fully empty stomach can contribute to a a yucky tummy. So if that's you, then having your iron after food, but not with the things I just mentioned. But if you are fine with taking your iron on empty stomach, you're going to get the best bang for your buck if you take it as soon as you wake up. All right, number three in my list of seven things, seven reasons why your iron levels aren't coming up is that you're taking your iron daily. I have gone on and on and on about this, that iron should not be taken daily. I have such a strong stance on this. I've seen the research and I'm excited for more research to come on this topic, but Research does show by taking your iron every day, you're increasing a iron blocking molecule called hepcidin. Hepcidin is the molecule that regulates your iron absorption within your gut. Now, if we take iron daily, hepcidin has not had a chance to wear off. So you take an iron supplement immediately your hepcidin is going to go up because you've just taken a lot of iron. Your body doesn't want you to then absorb a ton more later in the day, which would very be toxic, which would be very toxic, I should say. So what happens is your body creates, so your hepcidin increases, it stops any further iron absorption. Now, hepcidin can remain high enough to block iron absorption for the next 48 hours. So we need to be taking iron every second day so that we are avoiding hepcidin affecting your absorption. So if you take your iron supplement 9am Monday, chances are very, very high as the research supports that your hepcidin will still be high 9am Tuesday. And so you take your supplement 9am Tuesday, but because of hepcidin, it's not allowing a lot of that iron to get through into the blood, which is where we want it. We don't want your iron to just sit within the tummy. So if we did 9am Monday, allow hepcidin to go up and then fall naturally back down again by 9am Wednesday, your body is ready to absorb as much of that molecule, um, that iron supplement as possible. Number four, your output of iron is too high in comparison to your input. So 
what this means is you are losing iron at a rate that is too fast for your body to be rectifying its ferritin levels, even if you're supplementing. Now, examples of this would be uninvestigated blood loss. So you might have a gut bleed, you might have ulcers, you know, hemorrhoids, anything like that, that that there's blood loss occurring without you having any idea about that. That's definitely something for a doctor to be investigating. Or your periods are too heavy and you are losing too much blood every month. And there is no way that with that huge amount of blood loss that your body is able to rectify your iron. It's like, imagine like a leaking bucket. You're putting all this iron into the bucket, but there's a massive hole at the bottom that's just constantly leaking out, like when you're getting a really heavy menstrual flow. So having a heavy period should be investigated because there are clear causes of heavy periods, like adenomyosis, like thyroid problems, like estrogen problems. So that in itself must be investigated separately along with iron supplementing. But if you continue to take your iron supplement and your periods are always heavy, we're never going to get the level of ferritin that we're after. Another reason could be fibroids, actually, I've just remembered. Number five, the fifth reason is gut absorption issues. So this is where we're talking about your gut health. Your gut health, the lining of your gut wall, isn't allowing enough iron to be absorbed. Now, this could be because of inflammation, like in cases of celiac disease, Crohn's disease, things like that. So we've got gut inflammation and gut inflammation can be caused in any person. It doesn't have to, you don't have to have celiac disease. Uh, You might have damaged villi cells. So they're the little cells that are lining your stomach. They look like little fingers. Sorry, not just your stomach, your digestive tract. They look like little fingers. They can be damaged and really impact the amount of um, the rate of absorption, the amount you're absorbing from your food. So your nutrient absorption. This can occur in cases of IBS, food intolerances, like eating something that your body is so reacting to over time could create a inflammation picture within the gut and it could damage your absorption. Taking Nexium long-term is well known to create a lack of absorption because we are suppressing stomach acid and our body needs stomach acid to be able to break apart the nutrients off the food and break apart our supplements and this sort of thing. So Uh, And also people with ongoing bloating, it should be investigated because ongoing bloating does indicate there is potentially an absorption issue, digestion issue, things like that. So, you know, if your iron isn't shifting and you know you have really irregular bowel motions, you bloat constantly, you feel like you're, you're reacting to a food, you know, you have reflux or burping, all of these signs need to be figured out. You, you need to have a practitioner to look over your gut health. You know, you might like to do a gut microbiome mapping with a practitioner so we can see exactly what's going on. Um, but yeah, that's the fifth reason is gut absorption issues. The sixth reason could be that your iron, sorry, could be your iron isn't coming up because your thyroid is underactive. So it's really well established in the research that if your thyroid is underactive, like you have hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's disease, you are going to struggle to increase your iron levels until the thyroid disease is managed. 
So this is because low levels of T3 in cases of sluggish thyroids, hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's, this actually down-regulates iron regulatory protein in the body. So when we have a down-regulation of iron regulatory protein, this slows down the production of ferritin by the liver. So you might be taking in enough iron, but that iron has to be turned into ferritin in the liver, by the liver. And to do that, we need adequate levels of this iron regulatory protein and low T3 levels can affect this. So in simple terms, you are trying to fix your low iron with supplements, but this pesky iron regulatory protein has been slowed down because of a slow thyroid, meaning the iron you bring in isn't being stored as effectively or quickly by the liver. So your ferritin levels may really not be budging on a blood test. So we need to then investigate, okay, what's your thyroid levels? And when I say what's your thyroid levels, I do not mean what is your TSH. I mean, what is your T4 and T3? So you need to request those on a blood test. Interestingly as well, thyroid hormones stimulate erythropoiesis, which is the production of red blood cells, hemoglobin. So it's been found that low T4 thyroxine and low T3 results in a reduced amount of red blood cells being created, which contributes to anemia, right? And then all of the horrible symptoms that come along with it. So thyroid, we need to look into thyroid when your ferritin levels haven't been coming up. Now, my last reason, the seventh reason why your iron levels aren't coming up is that you could have a deficiency of copper or vitamin A. Now, we need these two nutrients to create ferritin. So I'll start with copper. Copper is required for the transport of iron and then the storing process within the liver. So when your copper levels of lo- sorry, when your copper levels are low, the body may absorb less iron and then the transport is affected. And then the storage of iron is affected. So that ferritin, you know, in nature, our bodies, it's, um, I'm losing the word here. When it's synergistic, synergistically, like your, your body doesn't just use just one thing. So low ferritin isn't just taking just iron. Low ferritin also need, obviously needs iron, but it, it also really needs B vitamins as well to, to help as cofactors. It also needs copper and vitamin A. So, you know, they all work together to help your health picture. Now, vitamin A plays a role with increasing iron absorption and then the modulation of hemoglobin production as well. So, That's a really interesting one because you'll find, you know, especially being pregnant, we've been told to avoid vitamin A like the plague, right? Unfortunately, this could leave women at risk of a vitamin A deficiency because your body needs vitamin A. It does not need an excessive amount of vitamin A, absolutely, but you absolutely do need vitamin A. So... This is why Iron Biotic, my iron supplement, it has copper and beta carotene in it. So beta carotene converts to vitamin A in the body only when needed. So you, there is never going to be any harm taking beta carotene in relation to pregnancy. And like that 
worry about high dose vitamin A and birth defects that can't happen with beta carotene, but yet it gives your body the building block, the precursor to then make enough vitamin A that the body actually needs to increase your ferritin. All right. That was a really quick episode, but I hope that you have found something useful out of that. Now, if you are concerned about your iron levels and you feeling overwhelmed and you feel like five out of seven of those reasons could be, could be true for you. You might like to look at investigating that with one of us. So it's myself in the team, Alexis and Bella. We also have Bonnie, but she's on maternity leave at the moment. We are all very well versed in iron deficiency and iron deficiency anemia. And sometimes having that trained set of eyes, looking at absolutely everything is really, really nice because we have a very thorough view of everything. We look into your gut. We look into your nutrient levels. We look into your thyroid. We don't leave any stones uncovered. And it might really be the way to figure out exactly why are you staying iron deficient despite supplementing. Okay. Have a beautiful day and I will see you next week.